lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? (laughs) Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Whoop, whoop. That's right. It is hump day, you know, better known as Wednesday. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. On location, I'm in Starkville today on the campus of Mississippi State. I'll tell you where and what and why and all that kind of stuff coming up. Welcome into the show here on this Wednesday. Happy to be with you. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. It is sort of the what would you call it, the second iteration of signing day for this particular class? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what it is. Uh, yeah, so the, like I say, the second iteration <laughs> of, of, of signing day, as it were, for this particular class. And I think, um, you know, pretty much everybody around the country accepts the idea that, you know, this is um, – you had the first signing day, and you know we don't keep up with it a ton on this show. But the first signing day really does happen earlier, and what we're doing, and we're going to have a chance for people to pop in on the show and be a part of the show, including right now off the top of the show. Um, you'll recognize his voice; you've heard him in press conferences, and you know he's a part of the Mike Leach staff since they got here a couple of years ago, coaching those receivers. A very important part of the Air Raid offense. He is Steve Spurrier, Jr., receivers coach on your radio right now. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you guys doing today? Doing just great. Appreciate you coming by and joining yeah. us. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, it's not busy at all. Yeah, kind of, well, actually, today's a slow day. I, shoot, I talked to my father the other day. He said, you know, National Signing Day's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, it really 10, has. 10, 15 years ago, everybody in the country was locked into this day to see exactly where everybody was going and where they weren't going. So yeah. uh, because of the early signing date, which um, – which I like. I, I think it benefits us. But, yeah, today's kind of a quiet day and yeah. pretty predictable and, um, and a good day for us. Is, that, um, is it fair to say that's a successful signing day when it is predictable? Very much so. <laughs> yeah, you, the unpredictable days, uh, for the most part, uh, don't benefit you, although yeah. they benefit some. You know, there, yeah. there's some guys that – It goes both ways. It can. It, it can. Um, and if you're an elite program, I, I remember they said at Ohio State – Back in the day, they said Urban Meyer was really opposed to the early signing date because he loved to evaluate and recruit late guys committed to other schools. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want an early signing. He wanted to go all the way to the end and, and chase the guys that he really wanted at that time. So uh, it benefits us. Uh, we can evaluate our guys, get them on our campus, and, uh, and as they develop to become good players, uh, they're signed with us, so we got them, and we're yeah. happy to have them. And so receivers, you know, that's one thing I think uh, I'm curious to hear. Sometimes for some fans that may not know one way or the other, like they assume, okay, you're a receivers coach, you recruit receivers. But it doesn't always work that way. You recruit an area, you recruit a position, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. We all have an area and we recruit our area and and we'll double up on a player in our area that plays another position. Uh, But I will recruit all receivers uh, that I will coach. So okay. uh, wherever they are, and I will go see them in the spring, uh, whatever area they're in. Uh, but I do have an area, and, and I'll recruit different players in my area um, as well as receivers. So in evaluating high school receivers, now I know this is sort of a broad question, but what do you look for? Like what are you 
what makes a guy the light bulb comes on yeah. and says we got to have him well re- receiver is one of the probably the only position i can think of that height weight shape size speed I've signed guys 5'8 to 6'4, to uh, guys that ran really fast to not real fast, guys that weighed 160 pounds to guys that weighed 230 pounds. Yeah. Um, so it's a diverse collection. And any time, and, and I think this is one of the benefits you get in college, you know, we can, we can reach on different type of talents. Uh, you know, we have four receiver positions, and they're all a little bit different, and they range a little bit in size, speed, quickness. Uh, but we can reach on, on who might fit those spots the best. So mm. uh, we try to evaluate these guys, try to get around them, try to get around what kind of mindset they have, try to talk to their coaches, their families. You know, there's so many variables into you know, toughness and just love to play the game that, that are really important at about every position. Um, but there's a lot of good qualities on tape that, that kind of separate a guy that's better and other guys but still at the end of the day you, you want to try to find guys that love playing the game that are tough that like winning football games sure and you mentioned you know the difference in recruiting the calendar is so much different okay so the the early signing day I guess you know kind of going back to that for all positions it it does it sort of take the intensity away maybe from the late January those last couple of weeks of January as opposed to what it used to be? It adds intensity to December though, um, and that's where our so intensity one hundred percent that that is our intense month. Absolutely, it, it takes away from January uh, if you have a good class in, in December, which we signed. But it also makes those that last month, those last weeks, those last official visit weekends those those are critical to to who your class is going to be. Sure, Steve Spurrier Jr., receivers coach, Mississippi State, now passing game coordinator that title uh, added this week what does that you know what does that mean to you and to your responsibilities to you know passing game coordinator it's pretty obvious what it is but in terms of what you were uh, handling uh probably does not change a lot of what I've done and what I will do uh but it's but it's a compliment it's a compliment from from coach Leach it says here's a guy that's that's qualified to run my offense one day and, and that's that's what I appreciate you know if you're a receiver coach there's a lot of receiver coaches out there, but uh, to be a passing game coordinator means the head coach, the offense coordinator, has recognized you as a guy that can run this offense. Sure. And uh, so going forward, that's uh, that does that means a lot to me. You're in the booth during I ball am. games, and see, normally I would know that in the radio booth we're right next to you yeah. guys. But, you know, some staffs like to pull the shades and then others will leave it open. We can see you over yeah. there, you know, and I, I know that I, I thought you'd been upstairs, you know, during the games and – you know, from a, from a viewing the game and evaluating it during the course of the game, you got to see the whole field. And I guess if you're on the side, there are advantages to being on the sideline, but you can see the whole field and what's going a little better if you're up in that booth, I guess. You can. And, and I talked to Leach, and I'm probably the one guy that talks to him, and he said, you know, we'll, we'll figure things out. But I'm kind of his eyes up there. Okay. Um, I've been on the field three or four years of my career, but I've mostly been in the box. And there's benefits both ways. Uh, To me, as a coordinator, I I think you need to be on the field just to communicate with your players and kind of look them in the eyes. Uh, But being in the box is – and it's calm and it's organized and – and, and what you see and, and the the information you can communicate to the field is is, is a little different. So, um, yeah, my wife's always getting on me. She's like, "Now you need to be on the field. That's you know, that's where all the important people are." <laughs> I'm like, "Let me explain what I do here." And, and yeah. that's this is as long as I'm with Leach, that's probably where I'm going to be. But sure. Um, sure, but it's good. It works well, and uh, we we see things similarly. And, and the things he asks and the information I give him, I think's what he wants. So it's it's been good. So your position, coaching those outside receivers and then working so closely with that inside receiver group as well, 
Um, and there's a change over there. Coach Nickel moving west, and uh, Coach Hollingshead is moving up to an on-field position. Um, and we got that news this week. What is the benefit to a guy who, you know, you know him, Drew's been around, it's not someone coming in. He's basically just moving up into an on-field role. What's the advantage of having already coached together? Well, it's a big advantage, and that's why he got the job. And, and Coach Clear is, uh, Coach Leach is very clear on, on who he wants that guy to be and what he wants him to know and understand and, and, and know about our offense. And our offense is unique in what we do and how we coach it. Uh, and, and Drew's been around it for, for several years, and, and he knows how those guys are coached. And, he knows what those guys are expected to do, so that that was that was really important to who he is. That's you know I coach with Coach Leach. My tie to him is I was a receiver coach in 1999 at Oklahoma, and and when he was at Washington State and had an opening, it called me, um, and he wanted a guy that he kind of knew and a guy that kind of understood his offense a little bit. But I'll never forget when I got there, and this is 2017, I guess, before spring football, he put on the tape of the 1998 Kentucky spring install okay he said here's what we're going to do here's what we're going to practice all the things just how we run practice um and and i was like that's exactly the way it was the next year 1999 in oklahoma i'm like i I remember what we're doing so no he has he has a certain way he does things and he's done them that way forever and and his ability to just continue to repeat what he knows what he believes in uh has really made him successful it's really something to think about too uh, you know i would imagine that's unique for a coach in 2017 that's using stuff from 100%. You'll never, you won't meet another guy that can do it like that. That can do that. No. Well, and I guess you said it, it sort of speaks to um, Drew Hollingshead. It's just kind of the latest example of a coach that cut his teeth under Leach as an off field guy yep. and then worked his way up into that on field position. Yep. And Dave Nichols the same way, his years at Texas Tech with him. and you know, being a GA and doing all the work we did, what he did with him for so many years and to be hired by him. And that's sure. how he got the job. Sure. Steve Spurrier Jr. on your radio right now. He coaches receivers here at Mississippi State. Um, Makai Polk, looking forward, it's going to be in an absence of Makai Polk, and he was a big-time playmaker for you this past year. Um, what, what do you think went into his decision to go ahead and, and try it out and dip a toe in the NFL? Not a very smart one. Uh, I will say that he he should have come back and all the things that he can improve on and become a better player. Um, to me, he should have returned. Uh, but he and his family, uh, he 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 was ready to to take his shot. And we and I wished him well. And you know, as much as I tried to recruit him back, and a piece of me just said, make sure you're educated on what's the best decision for you. And when he and his family said, this is what we're going to do, I said, hey, I, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, I appreciate what you did here. You had a record-setting year at Mississippi State. Uh, we haven't had a receiver draft in so many years, so hopefully you're a guy that can get that shot. Um, and thank you for your service. You know, he was uh, a few years out at Cal. I think he had 25 receptions over so many years. And um, he was an outstanding young man, outstanding player, did a lot of great things for us. And, and we'll wish him the best. And uh, the, the day he announced it, I, I think I put something out and said, next man up. Mm-hmm. So whoever that guy is, we're going to get him ready to play. And uh, there's 105 receptions out there to be taken by somebody. So who, um, 
you know, it's sort of putting you on the spot, asking you to put someone else on the spot, but who are the guys that are candidates to step into that role? Well, you know, at this time last year, we weren't sure. Uh, mm -hmm. So Caleb Duckings uh, is the next guy to step into that spot right here. And, and Caleb, to me, is – and I kind of feel bad for him a little bit because he's a good player, but he was stuck behind Makai, who was a really good player. And uh, Caleb will get his chance. And, you know, we brought in a couple uh, transfer portal guys, and we don't know a lot about those guys right now, but they'll be given the chance. And, you know, anytime you're in a, an air raid – you know, two receiver coaches, four receiver positions, 15 receivers in those two rooms. Uh, eight of them are going to get ready to play. And, uh, you know, we work hard in winter conditioning, work hard in, in spring football. And, you know, four guys will come out of that um, out of that group that are better than the rest. Sure. Brandon Langwa, sports information director here, um, he was giving me the information because uh, I couldn't think of all the names. But four star receivers that are on campus now, uh, here at State, Tulu Griffin, Marquez Dorch, who signed yep. in December, Antonio Harmon, who, you know, you see him walk in and you're like, okay, there's a guy. And Xavier Thomas, who signed today, Jameer Calvin, and then two transfers, Jordan Mosley from Northwestern and Justin Robinson from Georgia. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys yep. at the receiver position are four-star recruits. And, you know, he and I were just – I don't think that's ever happened before here, <laughs> to be honest with you. And it makes sense. Guys want to catch the football, but the, the talent is there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. And uh, I, I spoke to a, a receiver from Michigan today. I think it's legal for me to say that, um, who is a four-star kid committed to another school. And I asked him, what do you know about Mississippi State? What do you know about – and he said, well, I know Mike Leach is your head coach. I know you run the air raid, and I know you throw it a lot. And here's a kid in Michigan. So uh, as a receiver coach, we can reach receivers. Um, as a receiver in high school, they know who we are and, and how we play and what we run. And they want to be a part of an offense that, that just as you watch it provides receivers an opportunity to just get the ball in their hands a lot. Um, and I've always said as a coach in this offense and talking to players, listen, to, to be a receiver in this offense is outstanding. If we play well, we will win the game. If we don't play well, we're going to lose the game. Mm -hmm. And that, that is a, a testament to how good this group needs to be and how hard we work and train and get ready to play. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot of talented young men here and uh, going into next year, and even Xavion Thomas committed today, four-star. Um, and he, he reminds me of Debo Samuels. You know, he's kind of thick in the lower body and, and can do a lot of those things. So, you know, we'll have a lot of guys that come and compete and uh, we'll put the ball in their hands and see how they play, and we'll put them on the field and we'll let them play the game. And uh, somebody will come out a little better than the others. And, Hopefully they'll catch 100 balls next year. Well, and, and somebody will. We know that. And I guess knowing that somebody will sort of ups the ante when the competition actually begins in a few weeks in spring practice, doesn't it? It does. Um, but honestly, the, the, some of the best teams we had at Washington State, we had a lot of really good receivers. And I had two guys that played the Z position. One had 64 receptions. One had 72. So, so to me, that's almost better than having one guy. Now, if you have one elite guy, which is what we had last year, he got mm -hmm. all the balls. But I would love to have two guys that did. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think at, at Washington State, we had 10 players with over 20 receptions one year. And that's, that, wow. that is remarkable. So now we're looking forward to spring and letting them compete and see where we are. Well, we're looking forward to it also. I really appreciate you stopping by. Yes, sir. By. Always good to be here. Yeah, great to talk to you. That's Coach Steve Spurrier, Jr. He is the uh, receivers coach, now passing game coordinator here at Mississippi State. And we're just getting started with you here on this hump day edition. Coach, thank you. Yes, sir. Hail State. Hail State. I'm Matt Wyatt in the Bureau, the Mobile Farm Bureau Insurance Studio on Mississippi State's campus today. We'll be back right after this. Okay.
Let's go. Go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here right now. All right, back. I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. On location, I'm at Mississippi State. Just had a, about a 20-minute conversation with Steve Spurrier, outside receivers coach, passing game coordinator here at uh, Mississippi State. If uh, you're listening to the audio stream online uh, and you normally video stream the show as well, welcome in. appreciate you tuning in and however you're listening. And we'll get you some um, video clips of some of these interviews posted and shared tonight and tomorrow here as well. And hopefully get a chance to talk a little bit with the new inside receivers coach, Drew Hollingshead. Uh, named uh, to that on-field coaching position this week. We'll talk a little bit about his journey to that position here on the staff. And Steve Spurrier kind of filled you in on how that has kind of worked in the past under Mike Leach. And uh, hopefully today, if everything goes according to plan as well, and phone lines connect, we'll get an opportunity to talk to Mason Miller. He is the offensive line coach. Now, he's actually not on location here. He's uh, on location in uh, Mobile, Alabama, I'll tell you what's going on down there for him. But uh, he's the guy, Mason Miller, who coached Charles Cross, who's uh, projected to be a really high first-round draft pick as an offensive tackle in the NFL draft coming up in April. Of course, you get the combine coming up uh, this month, actually. And so we'll talk uh, with him. And uh, also, we will talk a little basketball before all is said and done here in Starkville today with Neil Price. He is the play-by-play radio voice and you know state and ben Hallen. they they had a game last night here at the hump in starkville against uh, south carolina that was uh, you know it's it still may be just a little too early to say must win because there are plenty of opportunity games left on the schedule for state but that was one given that those others you're going to be underdogs and a bunch of those coming up this was a big one last night and state not only won it they just dominated the game you know from start to finish it was one of those that you look up at the end of it and State played a bunch of people and, and South Carolina closed that gap before it was over. Um, still a double-digit win, and at one point State up by as many as 25 points first half and second half and really controlled that game last night at Humphrey Coliseum. So they had to win that one. They played really, really well uh, after um, kind of getting thumped on the road at Texas Tech over the weekend. And as I mentioned, Ole Miss basketball last night, a huge win. They go to LSU and win. And LSU, it's kind of hard to figure them out. In the non-conference, they were good, had a good record, run their ranking on up there. And then they've gotten in conference play and have gotten beat up on in, in SEC play. And this time at home last night in Baton Rouge. And Ole Miss had a huge first half lead, a double digit. I think, you know, 20-something point lead in the first half. And LSU was able to fight back. LSU scored 40 second-half points. Made it close in the end, but uh, Ole Miss got that win. So you're seeing the sort of beating up on each other that happens a lot in 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 uh, this SEC men's basketball. You're starting to see over the last few years. Of course, uh, Auburn is Auburn. They got the number one player in the country, and uh, last night at Auburn, they just absolutely throttled Alabama in men's basketball. Put up a hundred points in the ball game and. You've seen videos of Bruce Pearl celebrating and all that kind of stuff. So 
Uh, we'll get into all of that. Oh, and if everything goes according to plan, again, today, pretty much, um, you know, maybe about the time we're going off the air, maybe a little bit after that, Coach Mike Leach is supposed to have a, a chance to meet with media just on the other side of these doors I'm sitting next to in the uh, just outside of the recruiting lounge where he'll meet with media and take some questions, um, putting a couple of players on the roster today in this February signing day. And um, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk with him, maybe record an interview one-on-one with Coach Mike Leach. And if that happens, I'll bring that to you tomorrow on the show and you get to hear that conversation uh, as well. We'll get it out on social media too if we can make all that happen. All right, but just to kind of reset with you here today on this Wednesday, we do have some of those interviews coming up. I am in, I'm sitting in the recruiting lounge. (laughs) We didn't have anything like this when I was being recruited. Nothing like this at all back in 1995. This is really a a fantastic facility that's built into the north end zone of this football stadium. You know, very, very apropos of what you see around the SEC, but that's where I am today. They were kind enough to let me be here and and set up and, and even bring my thermos of coffee. And if I had thought ahead, uh, Dan, the coffee man, I'm sure from High Point Roasters in New Albany, is thinking, Matt, why didn't you take Mike Leach and Brandon Langlois some coffee, you know? But uh, all I can offer him, Dan, is a sip from my thermos, and then we got this COVID thing going around. They probably don't want that right now. <laughs> So we'll just have to save that uh, for another day. So, yeah, get your text in here. We got some a, a bit ago, um, and I'll get to some of those. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> we got one text that I can't read from Keith. Can't read that one, Keith, on the air. But i just confirming I got it. Nick on the Country Pleasing text line talking about um, – signing day back in the day versus how different it is now. Yeah, we didn't have Twitter and social media and stuff back then either, did we? Nick says, all I got was a black and white photo in the local paper. It wasn't even in the yearbook. <laughs> they didn't even put your signing day in the yearbook, huh? Squirrel says, in the 1970s, you sign in your living room, not at school, no hats, and no live animals involved. <laughs> um, I will say this, I'm, you know, I regret it, okay? I didn't even, this never crossed my mind on signing day, first Wednesday in February back in 1995, but I wish it had. Live animals. You know how cool it would have been at Prattville High School if I'd found somebody in the area who owned an English bulldog that resembled Bully and actually have a live bulldog come into the school, you know? It would have been great. It would have been a great idea. You know, we, we can make fun of the hat ceremonies all we want to, but the live animals, that's cool, right? I think it is. <laughs> Jumping out of airplanes, not so much. But live animals, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And appreciate y'all tuning. We had a little uh, audio hiccup there at one point, too, at the beginning of the show. And appreciate y'all kind of hanging in there uh, through that, through all of that. Uh, today is a, a uh, solid 16 days away from college baseball. We, um, I have a little countdown thing going each day on social media. And today's 16 days. A picture that went out today for Mississippi State was uh, former catcher Josh Lovelady. He was a catcher on a Bulldogs team, 15, 16, 17. 
and uh, war number 16. And so we're 16 days away. But that's going to be here before we know it. It's one of those two. You look at it. Okay. Uh, you, you get a lot of 10-day weather models. Um, I don't know that you have any really super-duper reliable 14-day uh, weather um, forecasts out there. But you can get, you're getting close to it. Basically, what I'm saying is I know we're sitting here in kind of monsoon weather here today throughout the state of Mississippi. Uh, we've got a 100% chance of this doing this all over again tomorrow uh, here in North Mississippi. It's going to rain like cats and dogs uh, today, the rest of the day, and tomorrow. But after that, you know, it cools back off. We get some lows in the 20s for about a week or so. But sunshine for th that amount of time. And my uh, weather forecast on the app is reaching all the way out to Friday the 11th. Okay, so I guess what I'm saying is we are one more week away from being able to look at the forecast and go ahead and see, is it going to rain on opening day or not? And hallelujah for college baseball, given what's going on in, uh, at the major league level right now with the lockout and, and everything. You got rumors over the last uh, 42 hours, 40, sorry, 48 hours or so that, you know, things were improving and then there were plenty of, Media reports to come out and squelch that. No, 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 no. Things are not improving. Looks like they're going to miss their start of spring training in February. Uh, report dates. And most likely, uh, you know, we're going to see the, the opening day on the end of March affected. So um, not a whole lot to look forward to uh, right there. But baseball on the docket. And we're all kind of looking forward to that. Sunny weather as well. And I was driving into campus here uh, this morning earlier you know, drab and sprinkling rain, but it's just something about driving by the baseball stadium. It, you just, you light up because you get this hope for warm weather and sunshine. You know it's coming and throwing out first pitch before we know it. Um, I, I do also want to remind you, so um, if you normally listen or view the live stream of the show, I'm not sending out a video stream today. We have audio streaming available um, if you're listening on the radio and you ever have to step out of your car away from your radio, you can always go to uh, The Zone website, which is uh, thezone1059.com. Just click Listen Live. And I shared that link for you uh, on Twitter and on the Facebook page if you all you know, just kind of want an easy way to click it where you can listen to the show live online on days like this when the video stream is actually not going out, but an audio stream always is going out when we're doing a radio show. So that's one way to tune in, but um, we've got cameras here, and so we'll capture some video of these interviews and, and clip some of these things out for you and get it out there on social media too if you're missing uh, the video side of it. Just want to give you that heads up. Boomer Sooner with a text. He says, live mascot animals are great if you're signing with the Bulldogs. Could get exciting if you were signing with maybe Florida or Alabama. Yeah, what would you do? No elephants. There ain't no way you could do it. What, go to the zoo? You could just go to the zoo, right? Stand out in front of the elephant enclosure and make your announcement that way. <laughs> that would be one way to look at it. When we come back in just a bit, another conversation. We talked uh, outside receivers. We'll talk uh, the inside variety. Guys who line up a little closer to those offensive tackles go across the middle a little more often. We'll do that next here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. Stick around.
present, present more of the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. All right, back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio on location on the campus of Mississippi State. I'm in a recruiting lounge. We didn't have anything like this in 95, but they did feed us well in 95. We didn't have a recruiting lounge, but this place is really nice. It is the second iteration of signing day for this particular cycle, even though most of the signing happened with the early signing day. Still some players signing today and other things going on. Get a chance to talk basketball with Neil Price later. Bulldogs got a big win last night over South Carolina. On your radio right now, here with me on location, Drew Hollingshead. He, uh, we got news this week in a press release that he's the new inside receivers coach here on the Mike Leach staff. No stranger to Mike Leach, though. We're going to talk about that now. Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so you've, um, it, it's a new job, new position. But you've been here a while, right? <laughs> right, yeah. No, I've, I've been here since uh, Coach Leach got here, and I guess that was the beginning of 2020. So been here for two years, and, yeah, new role, but kind of the, you know, same same story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. right. So, and moving up to the on-field deal. So, like, if like, what's the best way to describe you, you've been with the program, you've been involved. What's the best way to describe the difference in what you were doing versus what the job entails for you now? Right. So uh, when I got to Mississippi State, I was my, my official title was quality control. Okay. So it's an off-the-field role, um, but I was helping with our quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, a lot of the office work, like breaking down film, trying to find tendencies with, you know, the opponents and stuff like that. And then really a lot of self-scout, too, with our team. You know, not just necessarily the quarterbacks, but things that we could get better at at every position I've tried to lend a hand and, and help with on campus recruiting, did a lot of that stuff too. So, uh, had a big hand in that. And, and I did that at Washington state too. So, um, really the only difference is now I have an on the field role, new position and, and get to go off campus recruit and, um, you know, do all that good stuff. Yeah, so, sure. You know, one thing I was curious, so Dave Nickel, um, who preceded you in this position and, and goes out West, we always saw him right there on the sideline, mm-hmm. right next to Coach Leach. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're talking throughout the game, and it's pretty much anytime Leach is on TV, there's Dave. Right. And are you going to be in that role, or do those things get switched up? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with me sliding in there and, and being familiar with how Coach Leach works and, and our program, that's kind of going to be my role going forward. I'll be on the field next to him. And, you know, he, he has his different ways of communicating, you know, with the eyes in the sky, who's in the box, you know, like Coach Spurrier, he'll be in the box. And, so he talks to Steve about what he's seeing up there. And then, you know, obviously with the guys on the field, he'll kind of ask around and see what we're seeing. So uh, a lot of communication goes on. But, you know, I think the, the good thing is, is, you know, with me kind of sliding in, it's not, it's not new to me. So, I, you know, I have a good feel for kind of what he wants and what he's looking for. And, and hopefully it's a smooth transition. How would you describe the um, sort of the grind of a, of a guy who's – you know, done what you've done, and that mm-hmm. is you've gotten in, you, you know, you've worked your way up, and you, you kind of grinded your way to now the on-field coaching position. That right. You want. What's that like to have to go through that? Uh, it, it's been good. You know, I, I was we were talking to Joel Coleman the other day, and he was just kind of asking me about my journey, and, you know, I kind of mentioned to him that, um, you know, I'm a coach's kid. I grew up playing football, you know, and this was the only thing I wanted to do, play as – long as I could and be a coach and you know I legitimately didn't want to do anything else so when my playing career was over and I, and I got to get my foot in the door at a division two you know that was a grind obviously at a different level and then 
uh, got my shot as a Division One GA, and, and that's a whole different grind. And then now going from quality control to an on-field position, that's a that's a, another thing. So um, it's it's been a long road, but it's been enjoyable. And obviously I love coming to work every day and hanging out with our guys, hanging out with the staff. And um, so that part makes it enjoyable. But, yeah, just all I wanted to do was just work hard, grind, and, and do a good job and be where your feet are. And, and it's kind of led me here. So I've been pretty proud of that. And, and you're stepping into a, a role there, coaching that inside receivers position. That there's some veterans there, aren't there? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's got to be a good place to start. Sure. Well, you know, when there's an Austin Williams and a Wally, and that, that no bunch. doubt, and, yeah. and Jameer Calvin, has yeah, been around for a while. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a it's a good group of uh, of guys. You know, I've been obviously being here. I've been around them for two years, so they get to know my coaching style, and I get to you know learn how they work and how they learn and. Um, you know, I was talking to a bunch of them yesterday, just, you know, you know, shooting the breeze with them, but it was, it's a, it's a good group and I'm really excited about their future now going into year three, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, with the development and and their knowledge of the offense. So, um, obviously they had a really good year last year in that, in that group specifically. So I'm looking to, uh, help them in any way forward to, to make it even better year next year. Drew Hollingshead on your radio right now. He's a new inside receivers coach here at Mississippi State. We got that announcement uh, as, as his role in the, the, the new positioning of the staff this week. So, so you mentioned kind of going to work with them. When does the true prep for spring practice begin? When does that really kick in? Mm, well, there you are. Uh, they're, you know, they're doing workouts right now. So a, a lot of what they're doing right now is performance-based. So like a lot of weight training, a lot of running training. Uh, you know, we're, we're not really hands-on with them right now. Um, so they're just trying to build their bodies up, getting ready for the off season, getting ready for spring. And, uh, you know, after a couple of weeks of this training, we'll go into midnight maneuvers, which is a little grind sesh for a couple of weeks, trying to get their minds right, get ready for the, the next season. And then shortly after that, right at the beginning of March, we'll, we'll kind of sit down as a staff, do some self scout, kind of go over our offense and, and what can be improved and what can be, uh, um, you know, built upon the stuff that we did well. And, and we'll come up with a plan for, how to install a lot of the good stuff for spring and then get ready to attack it there. So March is kind of really when it picks up okay. as far as the getting ready for spring ball and going into next season. Right. So so the, the, the off season, you know, you could call it any number of different things, you know, as a, as a player when I played here, it was, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5.30 a.m. Right. Uh, we, it was called the county fair one year, you know. And then, yeah. And it, we had guys that, that um, they hated waking up and going to this thing so much that they would actually get sick on the way there. Yeah. You know, my roommate was like, it's a tough thing these guys are going through yes. this time of year. Yeah, it is. And it kind of flies under the radar with the greater fan base, right. doesn't it? Right. Yeah, it does. It's, this is the part that uh, uh, the fans don't really see. You know, I, over the course of the last couple of years, we've kind of put out a few, like a few cool videos of it, but it's not, it's not as glamorous as, as those videos may seem. But this is the part of the season where, you know, you, you kind of find out what team you're going to have. You know, that, I think that's the, that's the cool part about it is, you know, it's a brand new team in, in our eyes. You know, it's a brand new year, brand new team. You know, we're, we're going to find out how mentally tough, mentally strong, physically tough and physically strong we are going into spring ball and, um, this is kind of that time period where we find out, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, sometimes you get into the fall, 
and there will be this, you know, uh, uproar, this conversation in a fan base somewhere, and they're like, well, so-and-so looks good, and he was highly recruited, and mm -hmm. he ought to be playing more, and, you know, again. And, and maybe that's what they don't understand is that, hey, somebody else owned March. Right. February. Right. When it was cold and raining, we were out there every morning at 530. Sure. This guy over here put in the work and led. Mm -hmm. And so that goes into that guy winning that playing time sure. in September, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. No, the, this part of the year has a lot to do with kind of um, – what the team's going to look like in, in the fall. And, and one thing I really respect about Coach Leach, and he's always said this, is, you know, when we get into spring ball, the depth chart's not set. You know, we have guys coming in as, you know, mid-year transfers or, or mid-year grads from high school. Those guys are going to get just as um, much of an opportunity to try to prove themselves as, you know, a guy like Austin Williams and Jaden Wally, you know, that have been here for a few years. So you can easily take advantage of this part of the year and, and create yourself and turn yourself into a good player and a good teammate and then there's you can use this part to kind of slack off and and you won't really be a factor so you know we don't care who you are we're going to play the best players and and have the best people out there on the field for the team and um you know this is part one of kind of deciding who that's going to be yeah one guy i didn't even mention um and i should have uh, a minute ago when i named names christian ford mm -hmm. who you know Played great, made plays, sure made did. catches prior to getting hurt. He did, yes, sir. And, you know, I'm sure that he's another that you're saying. He kind of fits that role of what you just said. Right. Just came out of nowhere and earned the playing time. No, there's no doubt. He is a, he's a perfect example of that, just a guy that, you know, kind of came in and really earned his spot, kind of proved himself within the his, you know, with his teammates and with his coaches just by coming out, working and making plays and keeping his nose to the grindstone and, um that'll get him on the field, sure. you know, and we're excited about his progress and we're, we're hoping for a lot more of that next fall. Um, about a minute left. Um, this is a question out of left field. One word to describe a coach's meeting with Coach Leach. <laughs> <laughs> and I know one word is tough, just, and I'm throwing it at you out of nowhere. Uh, man, it, it's, it's a whole bunch of words, but off the wall, probably. Okay. Yeah. Right. So three words off yeah. the wall. We'll or take it. Indescribable. That's probably okay. another one. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. You know, you could end up learning a lot of ball or you could end up learning a lot about, you know, jackrabbits in Australia or something crazy like that. So uh, it, it's a good time. I, I enjoy being around the guys and we got a good staff and uh, it's, it's always a new day whenever you come to work. <laughs> That's great. Keeps it interesting. It does. So to speak. Well, uh, it's been interesting talking to you and following your career. Really happy for you, Drew. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And appreciate you coming by and joining us on Signing Day 2.0. Yes, sir. Thank for, you for having me. Uh, the 2022 year. That's Drew Hollingshead. He is the new inside receivers coach. That'll wrap up hour number one on the show here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. We start hour number two. If everything goes according to plan, we'll catch up with Mason Miller. He's a new run game coordinator. He's not here, but we'll get him on the phone. And ask, the first question will be, in February, do you still have a cowboy hat on? We'll ask him. That's all coming up. Stick around. <laughs>